0: Welcome to my podcast from Chaos to Peace with Connie. I am Connie Graf and your host, and I will explore with you how a few minutes a day can keep the chaos away. And with chaos, we're talking about the physical, digital, social, financial, mental, emotional and spiritual clutter that can accumulate in our life and business. In every episode, I want to make you aware how clutter is so much more than you think how it affects your finances, and how clearing your clutter leads to more time, more money, and more peace. Let's go! Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I am Connie Graf, your host. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. Please subscribe and follow my podcast if you haven't done so yet. This way you never miss an episode. And I have some amazing guests coming up, so you don't want to miss any episodes. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Christopher Liu today to the podcast. Dr. Chris Liu is a surgeon, serial entrepreneur, investor, author, consultant, executive coach, and keynote speaker. He's the founder and CEO of... Of financial freedom for physicians the author of how I quit my lucrative medical career using real estate and I will leave it at this because he introduces himself at the beginning of the interview and he can do that so much better than I when I'm just reading here his impressive bio in this conversation we talk about the special moments in his life when he realized he needed to take control over his finances why exactly he quit his lucrative medical career and how, and also what the formula for true happiness is, in his opinion. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Dr. Christopher Liu. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. How are you today?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. Um, Thanks for having me. I know you were on my podcast and I'm happy to um, return the favor and give a lot of value to your audience. And um, I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, because I find your story very interesting. That's why I thought I wanted to have you on too. But before we before we dive into that, uh, I have a very international audience. So please tell us where in the world are you located? And also one thing about you that has nothing to do with what we're talking about afterwards. And that may surprise people about you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm based out of uh Houston, Texas in the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, a little bit of brief background about me, I, you know, my education and training was in uh, medical medicine. So, you know, I did the traditional route, I went to uh, Baylor for medical school, one of the top ranked medical schools in in the United States, and then um, trained in orthopedic surgery for residency. And then after that, I realized that I had a, deeper calling deeper passion for more creative entrepreneurship endeavors so um luckily i was able to um you know before i realized this i was able, i was implementing good financial habits saving and investing investing in real estate uh, investing in passive income investments so that gave me a lot of financial freedom and a leeway to transition into what i'm doing now so that's a little bit about me and i know that you have further questions about my journey Definitely. and um and you want the interesting thing about me now or at the end
0: yeah no no tell me now it's just something oh. because it just gives the, the people before they listen to whatever we we're talking about afterwards it gives them a bit different context about you if you share something yeah whatever you want to share doesn't have to be big just something Yeah,
1: so something well um you know you know something interesting about me is uh i uh I, I i run marathons so i i love um that's kind of like my outlet and kind of keeps me in shape and you know mm-hmm. forces me to focus on my health and you know, focus on good diet, nutrition, rest, exercise, all of that. So that's a little bit, um, I have a lot of it, other interesting, um, uh, mm-hmm. competed in, uh, Olympic Taekwondo with, um, uh, you know, Olympic gold medalist, um, just, and that was a great experience, uh, traveled the world, lived lived almost uh, everywhere except Latin America. And, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great journey.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So running marathons that requires <laughs> a lot of like, endurance and resilience and um, the, yeah. all these things. So that's amazing. I, I love asking this question, because it just gives a different perspective, especially if we're talking like we're talking afterwards a bit about finances and stuff, which scares a lot of people. And if yeah. they hear another side of you, I, I always find that is, um it's a nice. Um, yeah. Um, entry into the discussion. Because yeah. we want to talk about your, um, you touched on it already, your amazing story. So you became, mm-hmm. you were first a doctor, most doctors don't end up financially independent, but you were financially independent by 29. And yeah. then I believe by uh, 30, 38 or 39, 38. you were yep. retired, right? And yeah. most doctors, they end up with lots of student loan or whatever, and they're not at all financially independent. Yeah. So that's a very impressive story. So first I want to ask, when did you get the idea or or the, the, the bug in you <laughs> to yeah. want to become financially free and independent?
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, like most people, I started my journey, I, you know, I listened to the old advice, you know, kind of, uh, you know, go to good school, study hard, get good grades, get a high paying job, you know, work 60 years and, you know, get a pension, the government's going to... Re- Gonna save you and um, social security and you know live off your 401k. That's kind of in your job is gonna be there all the time. So um, you know, that was kind of the mantra up to but I think after 2000 after right after the internet came and right after the tech bubble and right after 9-11, I saw the world really start to shift and change. And you know, China was getting onto the global stage, they entered the WTO. So I I saw all of this happening all at once while I was in medical school. And so I started, so I really realized, you know, the world's changing. I saw the healthcare system, uh, the healthcare crisis 20 years before it actually happened. And I had, and I told myself, I have to have an exit plan because I don't want to be here when the shit hits the fan, you know, I have to have an exit plan, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I started my financial freedom journey in 2002, Uh, classic book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm sure audience has read it. If they haven't need to pick it up, that's kind yeah. of the I don't know point. who
0: hasn't yet. <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, read that, and it was perfect timing. Back then, Bush was cutting the interest rates. There was a real estate boom. Equities mm-hmm. were going up, so it was almost like a five, six-year period where I was able to amass a significant amount of um, uh, liquid net worth. Uh, banks were extremely... Um, easy on their lending standards. And luckily, you know, I, I was safe because the Houston real estate was really cheap. So for example, um, a two bed, two bath condo, uh, 1,500 square feet that could rent out for around 2,000 a month, you could purchase for $50,000. Hmm. And Amazing. so it was really like, I mean, you were actually wasting money renting than buying. So mm-hmm. um, no brainer. I, yeah, I did house hacking. Uh, I did renov. I did the BRR method, and um, so that you know, by that time I was still in medical school. I I had financially had financial independence, and I was financially free. Mm -hmm. Then um, you know, there's this whole collision between new age ideas and old age ideas. So my dean of my medical school, upon graduation, he asked me what I want to do for um, my career, and I was like, "Well, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start a company, and you know, I want to, you know, I want to." change the world and he's like he's like set that aside go go into residency uh get your board certification practice and if that once you're done practicing then you can if you feel like you want to start a company do that if i had followed that advice (laughs) Mm -hmm. i would be i I would i wouldn't be where i am today so um but i took it i i know i took initially i took that advice and Um, I chose the highest paying specialty, I wasn't really passionate about any of them, I just looked at the income levels, So I I chose orthopedic surgery, because that was one of the highest paying specialties, I got in. And I realized when I moved from Houston to New Jersey, where my residency was day one, I realized I had made a horrible choice, I I made the wrong choice. I was only looking at income. I was not, you know, and um, in in my intuition, my gut told me I made the wrong choice. It's almost like you marry the wrong person or mm-hmm. you know you kind of you, you you know this feeling right yeah so um yeah so i i toughed it out for two years uh you know i lied to myself a lot i was like oh you spend so much money you spend so much time you sacrifice so much you have to keep going mm-hmm. and it really hit a it hit a breaking point in 2008 because then i saw what was really happening i saw the um the corporate greed and all the fraud and kind of like the government you know, bailing out these, um, these massive corporations for um, basically speculation. And we, the taxpayers had to pay for that. So that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I I did not want to be a part of that. As a physician, I was working for these high paid CEOs that were pretty much doing nothing except playing, you know, kind of goofing around. So, um, so, you know, September 2008 was the best thing that happened. So
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: turned in my keys, badge and pager, and I, set out to invest in undervalued real estate throughout Houston. So I already had that skill set and all I needed to do was yeah. do it full time. So um, over an eight year period, became a multimillionaire, got my financial freedom. Um, but then there was this need for other doctors because other doctors were coming to me saying, how how did you do it? Can you help me? You know, I'm mm-hmm. suffering from burnout. I'm suffering from anxiety, depression, substance abuse. I hate my career, but I have nowhere to turn. I have all this debt. Um, I'm broke you know all this stuff and I was like we'll I have to figure out a way to help so I started my mm-hmm. um speaking I've written four books I've got a growing podcast YouTube channel and after covid when everybody saw what was happening my brand exploded so it's it's yeah. been an amazing journey
0: yeah it it, <laughs> it is an amazing um journey and to wo- to watch what what um you went through you just basically answered almost all my questions is <laughs> really, I'm, I will dig deeper in in a few of them. Because I, I'm thinking too, is like the, the way you present yourself and how driven you are a really good doctor when like, um, how do you say that we, we miss out on a really good orthopedic doctor and I just had to have a surgery in May and I know how important it is that the right person is
1: <laughs> messing yeah. with
0: your body, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um but yeah, so the one of my questions was, you must have not been happy with you being a doctor that you transitioned into entrepreneurship. So you answered that. But you also answered another question I wanted to ask you. And because you say on your website, what if the formula for true happiness first came with self revolution and financial freedom? So I wanted to ask you does money and financial freedom make you happy? But I think it's the right financial freedom, I would think too, right? So maybe talk about that a bit because you had a good paying job, but that was not what you wanted and you didn't listen to your gut feelings. Like I think we all do once in our life um, majorly, like we do it in small, things sometimes where we notice, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then it's not a big consequence, but we all did it once when it was like, oh, my God, we shouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, so this concept of finances and money is really messed up, especially here in the United States. I I think part of it is um, part of it's from the media because we equate money we basically equate income with your self-worth and your status Mm -hmm. and what it can buy so you know we we tout these um you know these billionaire ceos because they have mansions and yachts and fancy cars and all of this but really it's the it's what money can do for you it's like you know uh, you know of course you want to live a abundant lifestyle but the concept of money is tied to consumption. So it's just basically consumption, but um, yeah. really what it is, it's, it's a medium that allows you to exchange value. So if you need to pay for gas or grocery, or you need to get surgery, or you, you want to help somebody, you know, money is good for that. But here we equate income and status and with consumption, personal consumption. So that's kind of one of the, the fallacies with, you know, finances and financial freedom. And in this concept is not taught in schools You either your parents have to teach it or hand it down or you have to have mentors or you have to for in my case you have to go to books and podcasts and things kind of get the insights and kind of put it together um which is really a travesty because you know money really is kind of um if you like i said money can't solve all your problems but it can son- solve your money problems which will, gives you more options and um, you know, can allow you that freedom to focus on your emotional health or your physical health or you know, your relationships. Um, so and what what's interesting is um, just hanging out with um, a lot of, um, you know, high high net worth and high income individuals, more money, it actually makes you more miserable because you have to worry about taxes. You have to worry about uh, what are you going to do when you die? Um, you know, is the government going to come in? You know, all these things. It, yeah. Adds or more are stress. you?
0: Or your um, (laughs) family is gonna have a fight afterwards (laughs) over your money, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, or just like some somebody's gonna sue you just to, you know, get a settlement out of you, you know, all these things. So, um, (laughs) but uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, but so I, I we talked with other I talked with other guests on this podcast before about what a shame it is that we're actually like we were taught all kinds of um, BS in school, but not yeah. what actually helps us in real life. And what and yeah. finances is one of them. And what is also sad is is like people, like you just mentioned, they go for consumption, then they fill up their houses because they think that makes them happy, and it doesn't make them happy. And the interesting part is too is that other than some. Gurus on Instagram and possibly Facebook that show <laughs> off their jets and whatever. Most people that have a lot of money don't have clutter or they don't have their house full of stuff they don't need, right? So yeah, it's it's actually not the consumption that that makes you happy or the, that what you can buy with the money. Um, yeah. But it's it's that. So for me, for me, freedom is a is a, a high standard and a high value. So for me, it's like if. The money I'm having or making can't give me time freedom, then it's not so important, right? And most people give up their money for physical clutter <laughs> instead yeah. of uh, for for time freedom. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: um yeah, and it's uh it's quite interesting because um when you try to talk to like for example, I a lot of my like uh, doctor friends or you know um where they're just. Their families spend; they just basically waste a lot of waste. And I, you know, I don't say anything, but I just I mm-hmm. can see it. And mm-hmm. when you talk to them about this idea of time freedom or uh, location freedom, it it basically triggers them because you know, like I said, money is a very emotional subject. You know, because mm-hmm. we all have you know, is so important in our lives. And basically, it's our relationship with these ideals. So when people when you think about like, kind of severing the relationship between time and money, a lot of people can't fathom that because they're so used to working, working yeah. for money and trading, yeah. you know, this job. So it's, it's just, it's quite interesting to see like people, you know, I know who, based on the reaction, I can kind of tell how they their their relationship with money is. So
0: yeah well, it's almost <laughs> like they're brainwashed and and i n- not to it's not their fault right because like like you just said or we just said the whole system the whole school system the whole society is um aimed towards that we consume 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 and we go to work and um i mean yeah. the school system i always he- heard that the school system was set up to create factory workers right not entrepreneurs you yeah. You got even um bad advice from your dean <laughs> saying you shouldn't become an entrepreneur yeah. um you should just
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: although like I said, I mean we would need doctors we we i mean where I am here in Canada, we have for sure not enough doctors. it's a huge shortage, it's yeah. crazy um yeah. you have to wait forever to get to a specialist um it's mm-hmm. um it's sad, it's sad. But mm-hmm. we're also burning out the ones that we do have because I mean, wh- one thing I never could understand is when somebody went and had to go to residency, and you probably know that better than me, but they have to work 80 or 90 hours a week. But right? yeah, I mean, what kind of stupid system is that? That we have overtired, exhausted, burned out doctors yeah. messing with our <laughs> body, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, yeah, it's quite a shame because uh, I actually. I actually really enjoyed medical school I really enjoyed it I, I enjoyed you know hanging with my classmates and you know learning the material I love my rotations um and then uh and then I go, get into residency and it's it's totally not what I signed up for it I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't sign up to you know um fill out paperwork and yeah. you know do all these mean like I I signed up to learn how to be a doctor and that's not what is like all this nonsense but um mm-hmm. and uh like I luckily I found out earlier um a lot of my classmates they finished and then they they their first job and they they're like WTF uh this is not what I signed up for and they yeah. struggle for you know for yes. the rest of their so um yeah like i said there's that dichotomy between the healthcare system and healthcare training so yeah. um so and i you know for a lot of people that reach out to me for career advice i tell them you know make sure you know what you're getting yourself into because you know kind of TV glamorizes it and it's like society mm. glamorizes it, but there's a lot of things you need to know before you get into it. Make sure this is what you really want to do. So
0: yeah. the bureaucracy compared to actually really helping people and spending your time that you're working, helping people. Right. I could imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. So. And then you, I don't know the exact timeline, but when you became financially independent and and retired, you went and traveled for a whole year, right? That's what I read. So I have two questions about that. So a A, that's, of course, the big dream of everybody, oh, when uh, I can travel, travel, travel. So (laughs) what did you learn about yourself when you traveled, like, all of a sudden, not having to work, and you could just travel for a whole year? What did you learn about yourself?
1: Oh, man, I learned. I think I learned more in that year than. um, So one thing is what was really interesting is the first uh, two months were just total bliss. Like it was it was fantastic. And then after that two months, it got boring. And what I realized from that was, we all we have to have a purpose, we have to have like a goal, a challenge, um, just kind of a a bigger purpose to to strive for because, you know, uh, you know, these periods of respite are great. But ultimately we're, we're here to, to, uh, stretch and grow and, and challenge ourselves. So that was the first thing. And so that's what motivated me to come back. And, um, I learned what I wanted, what I really, um, and grateful for was during that time was I, I met a lot of digital nomads that were making, um, six figures on online, either like, um, uh, like, uh, social media influencers or like YouTubers, um, you know, bloggers, they had Mm -hmm. their, Uh, e-commerce all of these different there is it was quite really fascinating to to just meet them and just to see in person people that were actually making more at more than doctors and also having great health and being in great shape and great relationships and just kind of having that freedom so that was really motivating and inspiring to me so that's why I I started writing books and speaking and started thinking bigger Mm -hmm. thinking bigger in terms of how do I want to position myself as an influencer and how do i want to position myself on the thought leadership stage so kind of like you know you have medicine which is which is okay i mean you can practice um you know there's so only so much you can do but if you can if you're a thought leader or an influencer you can you can influence um culture and and the way things are presented in so many different ways and you can impact you know thousands millions of people so that's kind of what i learned
0: mhm yeah, that, that's amazing. And then did you learn also something like you were already financially independent, but when you went to these different countries, did you learn um, spe- um, surprising things, like say like that, surprising things about how to be financially independent in different countries? Because I just know, like I'm coming from Switzerland originally. Um, we're a country of renters, which I just saw that some American journalist was very surprised to learn that in a rich country like Switzerland, most people are renters. Uh Um, It's just different. So that's kind of what got me to the idea that maybe you learned something about financial freedom in other countries too on your trip.
1: Yeah, well, one thing that was really interesting was uh, I traveled to Latin America. And uh, I think Latin America right now is a fantastic opportunity um just you know so much um you know with so much financial innovation but one thing i realized is that um you know as much as we complain about our systems in the west we we have it pretty good like other countries they have bigger problems you know like a lot of people they put their savings in the bank and it's it's gone so um one thing is just financial oppression um was was rampant and just financial inclusion and financial equity was not the same so the rich always got richer they had access to all the resources and they kind of made the poor poorer so that was one thing and one thing that really um inspired me about the west is that um you know uh, we we have um freedom we have um economic empowerments, meaning that if I don't like something or if I don't like my job or boss, I can, I can leave anytime I can go out, create my own income. I don't like, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I may suffer for a little bit, but I, you know, I'm not going to be like, um, you know, homeless or poor or destitute, you know, I can create, I have economic freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing. Um, the, the other, so basically like financial inclusion, financial equity, economic freedoms, all of these things really, and just the way, um, the way the currencies, like um, I learned a lot about like the central banks and how the, how they functioned and how they were able to, you know, create debt and um, devalue the currencies and how this was affecting um, populations, you know, with food and you know, you know, asset price bubbles, all these things. So, um, that's the other thing is just kind of this. I also learned that you know one thing is um, you know, uh, people outside of the West are much happier. So and I wanted to know why. So especially in Europe, um uh for example, Denmark, uh, why are they like they like they have a, a level of of happiness that we you know it's just it's not tied to money, it's tied to the state of being. I think it's called mm-hmm. Hige or uh, I'm not sure Hige, if I Hige, pronounce yeah.
0: That. yeah. Yeah yeah. Scandinavian, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And they're they're incredibly grateful, they're appreciative. Um, And part of that is part of that kind of the culture. Um, And, uh, you know, the thing is, you know, in the West, it's kind of, um, it's non-homogeneous. So you have a lot of different, but, you know, kind of Europe and Asia, it's kind of homogeneous. So it's a little bit easier to implement these things, but they like these kind of tenants of um, just uh, uh, gratitude and um, being thankful and their governments are fiscally responsible. So like, for example, healthcare, education, you know, transportation. All these are fundamental to the the their their citizens. But here, it's kind of like if you have more money, you have more access to these things. So mm-hmm. I saw that as well. So, um, but yeah. kind of like how to create a state of happiness independent of of uh, status or money and all of that. So.
0: Yeah, the scary thing is, I feel like coming from Switzerland and I don't want to speak for the whole for whole Europe, but I'm thinking like we get a little bit that two class, um, especially in the medical as well, um, Uh that is present here in North America, which is a little um, scary because it was never that way in Switzerland or in Europe. So but we always look at towards the US. So when I was in corporate (laughs) working in corporate, for example, I was working for an American corporation, and it was just crazy, what work hours we had and what we had to do, compared to if I would have worked for a Swiss company, which they are just as successful, right, but they have a different culture. So that's basically what you're also um, hinting at that it's um, even though in Europe, especially Germany, Austria, Switzerland are very um, like also from history, we're working hard and everything, but it's still different and the crazy yeah. hustle culture yeah. here in North America. I find.
1: Yeah, I f- I feel like um you know uh the people in Asia and Europe they work they work hard and they understand that that hard work in the end will produce something, mm-hmm. whereas here um I know Canada has a better system, but like in the United States, you, you were, you have to basically hoard a lot of resources to ensure your future, because, you know, if you're going to be dependent on like Medicare or social security, that's not going to cut it. That's, that's like bare minimum. And then like a lot of your time and your effort and your income goes to paying for these taxes and you really don't get much for your taxes. So um, one thing I realized is that, you know, high tax countries like you know europe like but they do enjoy like education is is not is not a fear here it is a fear like yeah yeah and then it's so it's very expensive and it's very divisive like only rich people can get into the best colleges and um So, uh, you know, healthcare as well, Um, you know, so it's here, healthcare is extremely expensive. And um, it's very inefficient. And it's like, you know, people are not held, it's kind of like sick care, as opposed to like preventive care. So,
0: yeah, well, I think that's that's I think globally a little bit of a problem in my opinion, <laughs> but uh, the, yeah. you, you probably know more about that. But yeah, totally. And and I think this is often too where we compare the apples with the pears or the apples with the oranges. When like I hear that constantly, oh, Switzerland such an expensive country, blah blah blah. But in the end, when you look at what the income level is and what what the expense level is for average family, I think in Switzerland, you're better off than here, even though we have the reputation to be such an expensive country. I mean, I got startled when I moved to Canada to see how expensive (laughs) groceries are, for example, compared to Switzerland. And of course, if you look at the bread here, it might be more expensive in in Switzerland than in Canada, but the salaries are higher too. So it's like, you have to compare the right things with the right things. And yeah, um, this is crazy here in North America. Canada might not be as as bad as the U.S., but it's um, uh, yeah. I don't want to bash Canada, but it's um, yeah. The the higher taxes you pay, but you make sure that your government actually is accountable for what you're paying, then you yeah. have a better life in the end than if you will pay less and you're on your own, right? Yeah. 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 But so you also say that you might not know it yet. But all the tools you need to achieve your goals, and I assume you mean the financial goals too are within you. So what is one thing that you suggest people do? So they wake up and think, okay, I need to, I need to look after myself, I can't just be sleepwalking continuously. So what would you suggest where they start? Like reading if You haven't done so yet, the rich, that poor, that for sure. But, um, it's almost an old, old, old book, <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, they definitely start reading. Um, you know, there's uh, now is not, like 20 years ago was the age of information, now we're in the age of transformation. So, we have all this information, we have all this knowledge, we got social media, and so you have to start putting it together. But, um, def- um definitely start by just a daily habit of reading, you know, 30 minutes, an hour. Um, I usually made it a goal to read one personal development book and one business book a month. And uh, now with like, audiobooks, I can, you know, I can, I've, I can read a lot, like, you Mm -hmm. know, my, and um, so then also you there's like, there's so much, there's so much knowledge, so much information, um, you know, uh, reach out to people, ask them questions, there's so many groups, there's communities, um, there's so much courses as well, all it can be free or paid, um, you know, kind of hire, you know, if you have the, the money, you can hire a coach to someone or someone to help you um, guide you along the way, all of these things, can help you um but it it takes it um it takes one small step so you have to kind of it's kind of like you take step and then basically you have to understand that uh, i i had a great conversation with another guest and it was talking about just um, letting go and kind of stepping into you know like basically you have to have like in periods of transition, you have to just basically take baby steps and take the step into the unknown and see what unfolds. And you have to be open to what 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 comes to you. And you have to, if you let go, if you let go of your preconceived notions, you let go of all that emotional baggage that creates more mental, emotional space to, to for the universe to send you what it's trying to give to you or, or what you're trying to manifest. So it's kind of like, Activating this this law of attraction. Um, there's a great book called uh, that I just that I just finished reading. It's called Positive Intelligence, and he's talking about just kind of like the um the sage mind and then kind of the saboteurs. But it kind of reminds me of just you, you have to let go. You just have to let go of all preconceived notions. It's like, um, the best analogy is skydiving. So you just basically you have to you have a you have someone behind you and you just leap out. You know you've got a parachute. So you know um. You know, you know, you're going to be fine. Ninety percent of, ninety five percent of the time. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like that. Entrepreneurship is like that. You just have to take a leap. You have to take a bet on yourself and just kind of be open to to what it is and always be taking action. The more action you take, the, the that sends the universe the message of intention, and mm-hmm. that intention comes back to you. So it could be in form of karma, dharma, all of these things. Um. So, but you know, that's that's kind of how I view it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that about the action, because I think maybe a lot of people are listening, because like you said, we're in, there's so much information out there, they may be listening, but not taking any action and just staying in their, um, like, in their um, day to day, whatever they do (laughs) anyways, right, so we do need to take action. And and I think without taking action, and, and You mentioned also you read self development books. Do you feel like if somebody wants to become financially free or freer, let's say like that, um, do they need to go on a self development and self discovery uh, journey?
1: Well, I mean, it definitely helps. Like, uh, because personal development, it kind of you kind of um, you heal your emotional past, you heal your traumas, you um, you kind of uh, address those, and it allows you to grow. And that's what entrepreneurship is. It's, it's just this continually evolutionary process. Same thing with financial literacy, financial freedom, your financial health also evolves too. So the more you invest in yourself personally, so for example, you may not realize it, but maybe um, going to bed earlier, getting eight to nine hours of sleep, waking up earlier, exercising, drinking more water, eating more fruits and vegetables, that can actually have it significant impact on your financial life it may, yeah. it may make you to save more may make you to invest more um mm-hmm. so you never know what these small little habits um can compound into different areas um mm-hmm. so uh you know personal development i think a great book i that like the number one book for personal development for me was thinking grow rich because it's got personal mm-hmm. development and finances together mm-hmm. so it's kind of combined yeah. um yeah. And uh like uh Jim Rohn is fantastic. Uh Brian Tracy. Uh
0: mm-hmm. I read
1: a lot of um Tony Robbins using your emotions as power, as motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's he's very powerful. Um, you know, you can get so much just from reading his books. Um and uh like the more you invest in yourself, it helps your relationships, it'll help your business, it'll help your finances, it'll help your career, a lot of different things. So
0: yeah, well, I totally agree. I, I read self development. <laughs> since my teenage years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and back then, it was ridiculed, right? So I was like, Oh, you want to get better. Right? <laughs> and then these days, I think we're realizing what a difference it makes. So um, where can people find you if they're now intrigued? They want to, uh, you have such a successful podcast. You, you just said you wrote four books, I believe four yeah. it is, or are you yeah, writing four. on a fifth one maybe? And the other thing I wanted to ask, so if I send people your way, is it mostly physician that physicians that you're helping, or I mean, the podcast, in my opinion, anybody can, um, yeah. get value from, but
1: yeah. Well, uh, I mean, my audience, um, has uh, broadened, so like the core audience is physicians but it's also broadened so with like with youtube and um with the podcast more like dentists and lawyers and accountants nurses mm-hmm. pe- uh, nurse practitioners all these they're starting to listen and they you know they're starting to reach out to me as well so um mm-hmm. you can find you can find me most you can either go to youtube and subscribe to the uh, financial freedom podcast um it'll show me uh, Or you can go to the podcast itself, uh, Financial Freedom Podcast. Um, Email me, uh, Chris, at Dr. Chris Liu, MD, PhD. And that'll get you onto the emailing list. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, we've got a blog, a newsletter. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook. um, And so I'm always looking happy to connect and um, help
0: others. No, no. preferred social media platform, they can can contact you anywhere, right? I will put all the links for sure into the show notes so they can find you. And that's what my impression was too. That's why I also wanted to have you on because my audience is not necessarily only physicians, but I felt like my audience is mostly entrepreneurs or self employed people, so they can all get value from your story. And, and especially since you were a a physician, you were in medicine, that's a highly sought after profession, but you transitioned out of it. And for all the reasons why. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so
0: before we wrap up, I wanted to ask, uh did I did you wanna share, did I not ask something? Is there anything you feel like needs to be added to make this uh, whole conversation? Or we wanna leave my audience with some other um secret tip or <laughs> whatever you wanna <laughs> close with.
1: Yeah, well um like I said, I think one thing you meant you alluded to was um so I, I went into medicine and um but you know, a lot of people were, were actually surprised that I had, you know, when I, in September 2008, a lot of people were calling me crazy that I had, you know, transitioned out. Uh, they thought they said I was throwing away my career, but, you know, realized, uh, so that one thing I want to leave them with is like, really understand like why you're doing something. Cause, uh, you know, kind of like I'll share a little bit, like, you know, a little bit of my emotionally traumatic passes, you know, I kind of uh, went in medicine to, you know, please my parents and kind of please society and kind of fill all these checkboxes. You know, I thought it was a great income that would make me happy. And what's really, what I really wanted was just freedom and quality of life. So freedom and quality of life, you can get from anywhere. You don't have to be a doctor to do that. You can, yeah. you can be a, I mean, you can be a invest, you can do a lot of different things. So kind of realize your end goal and how you're going to get there and, and, re- and kind of understand your, um, your motivations for doing things kind of have awareness, keen awareness of what that, and next thing is don't listen to the naysayers because the naysayers, like I look back on the naysayers, they haven't done anything. So uh, always the people that you, your mentors, you look to them and, The reason why they're mentors is because they have done what you want to do. The naysayers and the haters are there because they haven't done what you want to do. And that's Mm -hmm. why they try to hold you back. So uh, and I, like I said, it used to really bother me with the with the haters. But uh, now I after I see like they just haven't gone anywhere. It's like, OK, now I understand. So that's that's what I want to leave the audience with.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's beautiful. And we, I think we all needed to hear that again, because I'm sure we all have naysayers in our life still. And then sometimes it bothers us, sometimes less, but it's good to hear. Thank you so yeah. much for your time, Chris, for coming on and sharing your story. Very amazing. Very impressive. Thank you for
1: yeah, that. Thanks for having me.